You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvicecoaching.com. On today's episode, we're going into some Q&A. The questions have been piling in and I want to to answer your questions because I know you've taken some real time to to sit here and type these out. So I want to get to them, answer some questions and, you know, help you guys out as much as I can. I'm looking through them now. Some of you guys have written some long ones and uh, that's good. I'm happy about that. I like the long ones because that means that you're giving me a lot of detail and the more detail, the more I can help you. And that's the whole point, right? If you want your questions answered, you can email in trip at tripadvice.com, put in the subject line podcast question. And then I know that it's a question here for the podcast. So why don't we dive in right now? This one is from Anonymous. Hey, Trip, I've been a listener of the podcast for about two years now, and I love the advice you give us, guys. I have a question for you. I'm 23. I've been single for quite some time. I'm currently learning how to approach and meet and attract girls. I know my non-negotiables and my standards for the type of girl I want. However, I find that often my friends and family think my standards are too high in terms of what I want and the attractiveness of girls. All I want is a girl who is attractive. I'm not wanting a supermodel type of girl. I'm average looking and I'm deserving of a great and gorgeous girl. Is lowering my standards the reality I'm going to have to face or should I keep my standards the way they are? Again, thanks for the advice you give and I hope you can give me some feedback. Thanks in advance. Anonymous. All right. Good question. Uh, a new one for sure. Haven't haven't heard one like this. Here's the thing. When it comes to attracting the kind of women you want, there is obviously a ceiling to some extent, right? I always say that if you average guy, you know, wanted to, you know, go and then attract a an actual supermodel, a Victoria's Secret model, or I don't know, any sort of, you know, insert famous, super famous, you know, Instagram celebrity, TV personality, reality star, movie star, whatever. Could you do it? Probably not. Probably not. But guess what? That's, that's okay. There's still a lot of women out there. My point is, is that, yeah, there is a cap to some degree of what's possible for you because some of the more I hate saying high tier because I'm not saying that those girls are necessarily high tier, but they might be considered that. So for the sake of, of, you know, how society views things for a second, you know, attracting one of those high tier women, you're going to have to be super rich and, and have a lot of status, be probably somewhat famous yourself in, in some capacity. My point in saying this is, yeah, there's a cap, but when it comes to someone like you, it, it really there should be no reason why you can't attract a woman who you think is attractive. That's one of the whole reasons why this podcast even exists. You're not going to be going after a woman who you don't find attractive. That's why we're talking to women, right? You obviously are looking for a woman that you're attracted to. Here's the thing though. It does depend on what your non-negotiables are. So if you say you want a woman who's attractive but you also have, I wish you would have said what your non-negotiables are, but you said you you know, want her to be attractive. If you said you had other non-negotiables that fit into this kind of storyline where now we have a, such a specific woman that the volume is low. So I'm trying to think of an example. Okay, so let's see. A woman who's super attractive, who is also, I don't know, super religious and also you know, likes, you know, so-and-so movies. Okay, just an example, right? Maybe those are your three non-negotiables. It's possible that you're putting yourself in a very narrow lane, but I'm not one to say that. It all depends on you putting yourself out there. So if your friends or family are saying that you have high standards, they don't know either. The only way you're going to know if your standards are too high or too low or your non-negotiables are working is if you're putting yourself out there. If you're finding that you're getting a lot of volume, meeting a lot of women online, offline, through friends, through events, you're doing it all and you're not finding that one woman and you're giving yourself a really good shot, maybe your non-negotiables need to be fixed. 
But for you, you're asking specifically, I know, about a girl who is attractive and you're even saying, quote, I'm not wanting a supermodel type of girl and that you're average looking. Yes, you still can get a very attractive woman. Now, I want to be really careful here with some of the language you're using. You said, I'm average looking and I'm deserving of a great and gorgeous girl. So there's a little bit of a a pro and a con to that sentence. When you're saying I'm deserving of a great and gorgeous girl, I like the self-esteem there. So that says to me that you have self-esteem because people who have self-esteem believe that they deserve to be happy. And that's great. However, we can't just go about our lives saying, I deserve this. I deserve a pretty girl. I deserve a good job. I deserve a fit body. I deserve lots of money. Because technically, one of the one of the first lessons I learned in personal development was no one really deserves anything. You only deserve what you can get and what you can work for. And I, I believe that that is you. I You're listening to this podcast, so clearly you're trying to work at it. I just wanted to make that really clear. And I know, again, that you know maybe that's not how you meant it, but still it, it has to be said. No one deserves anything, but you do. No one deserves anything, I should say, at default, only if you're working for it. So your question was, is, my, is lowering my st- standards the reality I'm going to have to face, or should I keep my standards the way they are? Keep your standards the way they are and see how it goes. Here's the other thing. It depends what your non-negotiables are. Like I said, if you if one of your if your most important non-negotiable is she's super pretty, well, we gotta see what those other two non-negotiables are. If you're like she has to be super pretty and she has to be the smartest person with the IQ of over, you know, 140, and she has to be, you know, from this area, you might have a very narrow field. And then yes, your standards will be too high. But it's not because of your standards of what you deserve or what you could get, but also what is around, what's available to you. So I hope that helps. Keep your non-negotiables, keep dating, get the volume, put yourself out there, and you should be in a good position. Now, for those of you who are trying to put themselves out there, who are trying to meet women, who are trying to get the volume like hopefully our anonymous writer wrote, uh, if you need help with that, we have just launched boot camps, live training, tripadvice.com slash live training. We have opened up more dates on the calendar. We even now have one in London, in the UK. So if you are in or around that area, if you're in Europe, hell, if you're in Africa, maybe even if you're in Asia, I mean, you're, you know, still, I believe a a lot closer. Well, it depends on where in Asia, but um, you could be a lot closer to the, to London in the UK and be able to join us on a boot camp. If you want to see the dates for that, go to tripadvice.com slash live training. We've added a few other dates also. Now one in Chicago, uh, another one in Vegas and in LA. So go there and then you can apply. Uh, the application is not anything intense. It's just you answering a couple of questions so then we can get to know you, get on the phone with you and chat with you about how the boot camp works. But here's a little bit of a snippet. It's three days long. Friday day, Friday night, Saturday all day and night, and Sunday day. You're working with a trip advice coach who's taking you and a couple of guys out. We do not slam these dates. We only allow about five, maybe at the worst, six people. And you're working alongside those guys and the coach who's going to take you out and teach you everything about meeting women, getting over your approach anxiety, meeting women in person. We're also going to take some photos for you for your dating profile. We're going to help you with approaching. We're going to show you demos on how to do approaches. You're going to learn about flirting. You're going to learn about how to start conversation, how to get numbers, how to physically escalate. It is a slam and jam-packed weekend full of great wisdom that now you can actually use in person in real time and then take that with you back to your city. So check that out. Link is in the show notes. Open to more dates. For those of you, like I said, who are in Europe, we do have a London date on the books and it's going to be, that I believe is the first weekend of July. So check that out. So it should be nice and warm in London at that time. Go to tripadvice.com slash live training. All right, let's go to Aaron. He says, hey, Trip, thanks so much for all the content you provide the community through your podcast. 
Here's my question. I met a cute girl at a mixer a few weeks ago. We talked for a while. I got her number. We were both traveling the next week or so, and we haven't been on a date yet. We also both live in big cities, about 40 minutes apart. A few days ago, I texted her if she's free to go to a cool rooftop bar in my city, to which she replied she has to see since her car is getting fixed. At this point, I wasn't sure what to do. On the one hand, I could have offered to come to her city, where she wouldn't need her car to get to, but I was concerned how this would come off. In the past, I feel like I've struck out because I was too much of a nice guy and too accommodating. I ended up texting, oh, that's a bummer about your car, let me know what happens, to which she responded, will do. At this point, I feel like I did my responsibility of taking the lead and setting up a date, and maybe she's just not that interested, but I would like your opinion on how I handled this. Would you have responded differently? Best Aaron. P.S. I keep thinking about your quote, anything other than a hell yeah is a no. You're right, Aaron. You're right. And for all those of you listening now, that is definitely something to remember. Anything other than a hell yeah is a no. He's referring to a woman being interested in you and she should be a hell yeah. So, all right. Uh, this is a really good question because there, there might be some exceptions here. First of all, I do like your mentality. I do like your non-nice guy approach here where you are not trying to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll come to you and no problem and and I'll drive 40 minutes to you. Um, so I do like that. I also think that in, in a case like this, it's a little tough where if you haven't been on a date yet, you know, there, imagine, imagine, gosh, I'm, I'm going to be using some old math here. Uh, an inverse correlation. I, I believe I'm right. If anyone wants to fact check me on this, please, by all means, you can email me. An inverse correlation. In this case, if you're looking at, like, at a graph and there's two lines, you have one line going up, which is time, and another line going down linearly, which is going to be interest. I believe this is correct. Anyways, not to confuse you too much. My point is, is here, as time goes on, interest starts to go down. Okay, as time goes up, interest starts to go down, like every day a little bit more, a little bit more. So in this case, it's kind of this battle, right? So if, if, you, if I was in your shoes and I knew what I knew, or you knew, you know what I know, you're kind of like, okay, I don't want to be a nice guy and just be like, okay, yeah, no problem. We'll drive 40 minutes all the way to you. But at the same time, you know, if you don't strike while the iron's hot, then that can leave you in a bad place. So the question there is, okay, well, what to do now? I would say because you guys haven't had your first date yet that you might just want to bite the bullet and it's not that big of a risk to be honest with you. Maybe a little bit, but you might want to bite the bullet and and I guess quote air quote risk just saying something along the lines of that you'll yeah that you'll drive over to her and make that easier. Now there's a I think there's a smooth way to do this, but again my point here is is I would rather just try to make this date happen because who knows when her car is going to get fixed. Then it actually leaves you in this weird needy spot where you have to like check in with her because you still have to lead. So you don't want to necessarily wait for her to, to text you back because who knows if she's going to attractions going down every day. And then now you're checking in to see like, is your car fixed yet? Can you come and meet me? It just seems like that puts you in a bad spot, right? So I would text her something along the lines of like, you know, oh, that's, that's a bummer. Well, no worries. I don't, you know, something along the lines of like, not sure when your car is getting fixed, but happy to come your way and we can grab a drink. We can grab dinner and then see what she says from there. And, and related to your PS, anything other than a hell yes is a no. We'll see what she says. If she was interested, she'd be saying something like, oh, that'd be great. Thanks so much. Like, yeah, like in the meantime, you know, come my way. Or she might say, oh no, don't worry. My car is going to be fixed in a couple of days. And then why don't we meet somewhere halfway? And then you can be like, okay, cool. And then you can start planning the date halfway or whatever it might be. So yes, in theory, it is going to be much better if they can come to you or you can do a halfway situation, not be super nice guy, go all the way to her. But in this specific case where no attraction has really been strongly built, just go to her, see what happens and you should be good to go and it shouldn't be too much of a nice guy type situation. So there you go. Aaron, hope that helps. And I'm glad that 
you know, that quote has stuck out to you. And hopefully that continues to help you and the rest of our community here. All right, this is from Art. Hey, Trip, Arthur from Lexington, Kentucky. Listen to your podcast for two years. Oh, another two years. That's funny. Two years, two years. Listen to your podcast for two years and went from loser to player. Still working on getting results from cold approaches. Well, hint, hint, tripadvice.com slash live training. That's where all the cold approach training happens. We could be in your city. By the way, guys, don't, don't necessarily wait for this to be in your city our boot camps. We do boot camps in a lot of the major cities, obviously, and we're going to do a lot of repeating ones in the warmer cities because, you know, January to April and then October to December are cold in the US and in Europe. So we tend to pick a lot of more warmer cities, i.e. LA, Vegas, Miami, things like that. So um, yeah, don't hesitate to book a flight and fly out to these places to do this. A lot of people, most people are doing that. They're not just waiting. These are not just for people who live in those cities. It's meant for you to go to these cities because these are the cities we picked that we know are going to be awesome to do these boot camps in. I digress. Okay. Still working, he says, on getting results from cold approaches, but I've been with three girls this week and didn't have to pay a dime. I have Tourette's. Wow, that's that's amazing. You have Tourette's and you're still killing it. I have Tourette's, so I'm pretty impressed with myself. Thank you for what you do. It probably saved my life in the sense that every day is happy with zero depression. <laughs> Snaps to you, man. That makes my day. Not kidding. Anywho, I had a question. It seems like high quality women do this thing where when they find a guy that they consider settling down with, they hold off on sex with them while they give it up to other men who are just sex prospects. What do we do with that? I don't mind banging girls on the side, but are we supposed to just wait until they make a decision? What if they catch something? The thing that blows me away is that these women that hold off, I can tell that they are interested. Is is this just a matter of being upfront that I need sex, but that I see more than just sex between us happening and want to see where this where that goes? I think I know the answer, but I'd love to hear you think slash talk through your thoughts on this topic, especially since you had the girls, you had the girls on the other night who literally start stated that's what they do. I uh, did my best here, Art, in, in reading this. Thank you guys all for, um, we don't edit these. So thanks all for, for getting through that with me. There's a lot here. Yeah, let's go through my thoughts. Well, I don't remember any girls saying specifically that they necessarily have sex with men who they're not interested in with and hold off for other guys. I know they do that. That is true. That is very common. And then according to evolutionary biology, David Buss, he talks about in his book, The Evolution of Desire, that there are men who women will sleep with faster versus another guy who they might not, who might be a provider. So that is somewhat true, but that doesn't mean that's necessarily happening. That doesn't mean when you find a high quality woman that she's necessarily holding off with you, but then she's sleeping with all these guys. And also I wouldn't consider that a high quality woman. A woman who's sleeping with that many men usually has some sort of self-esteem issue. And I know that's a pretty controversial statement. A lot of people would would say, oh, why can't, well, why can't women have sex with a lot of men? If men, men can do it, why can't women do it? Oh, you're just calling them sluts? No, I'm not talking about them being sluts. I'm talking about them and their, and their, within their biology. It is not really wired for women to have a desire to sleep with a lot of men. They will still sleep with men sometimes who, again, that can happen with quickly, who have those certain and specific alpha male traits, maybe a guy that they're not wanting to settle down with, but I just want to reassure you that doesn't mean that that's happening. So to answer some of your questions here, you said, what do we do with that? Well, I think I just answered you there. Just know that, you know, you are still a sex prospect. They're just going to wait. But here's the thing, man, they're not going to wait that long. Okay. Any girl who waits that long, if she's that into you, like we're talking about women who they're holding off for you 
I mean, what, three, four, five dates at the worst? So I, I don't know. I can't see that being an issue. But also, I don't know what you're trying to do here, Arthur. If you're a guy who's just trying to be a player and not settle down with any women, which maybe it sounds like you are, and so you're just thinking like, oh, I just want to sleep with these women, but they won't sleep with me that fast because they see you as a potential long-term person. And if you're saying you're not, then you're going to want to really hone in on those alpha male traits. So whatever you're doing right now to, to attract them, you're doing it not in the super alpha way. You're not really getting some of those more assertive, maybe we can even call them like bad boy qualities out. You're just playing the more relationship. I'm going to be, you know, super interested in connecting with you and not physically escalating that fast. That could be something that you're doing. You're, you're coming off that way. So I don't know. You said, I don't mind sleeping with girls on the side, but are we supposed to just wait until they make a decision? Yes, you are. Uh, what if they catch something? Again, normally women are not just sleeping with multiple men at once. I know there's a lot of people who argue that and say, oh, Trip, you don't know how the dating scene is right now. Like these modern women, they're sleeping with everyone. Yeah, I'm sure some are, but the high quality ones, the ones that you really want to go for, they're not, they're still not men. I don't care what you say. I don't care how modern a woman is. She's still not a man. So if she's in a good place mentally, she's not just sleeping with every guy on every first date that she sees. So you're saying, quote, the thing that blows me away is that these women that hold off, I can tell that they're interested. Well, if they are, it's not going to be too much longer till they actually sleep with you. So you said, is this just a matter of being upfront that I need sex, but that I see more than just sex between us happening and want to see where that goes? No, you don't have to be more upfront. You don't have to say anything. I wouldn't use your spoken word to communicate this. I would just communicate via your actions. You should always be escalating. Of course, if they say no, they say no, and you don't push any further, but you're always escalating. And, you know, God, it's interesting. I'm having a tough time only answering this question specific to you because I really don't know if you're looking for a relationship or not. Like part of this says that you are and part of it says you're not. So I guess I'll just answer for both. If you're looking for a relationship, then who cares, man? Just wait and it's all good. And don't worry. You know, I'm sure they're not sleeping with other men. You're probably good to go, especially if they like you and they're seeing you a few times per week, then you'll be fine. And if you're not looking for a relationship, then these are probably women you don't want to be with because if they're thinking about you in that relationship way and you just want to sleep with them, this is not the right woman for you. You need to find a woman who's interested in just sleeping with you and you need to come off with some of those more assertive, you know, bad boy qualities and escalation and not trying to do deep connection talks and get to know them so much where they think, oh, this guy could be a potential long-term mate. So not sure if you thought that was the answer, but that is my answer. Arthur, I appreciate uh, your just ability to take the advice and, and look what you've done, you know? Someone who has an issue with Tourette's, which I know can affect a lot of people in the dating world and and you've gotten past it. So good job. Moving right along, dear Mr. Kramer, I know I've asked a question before and your answer was really helpful for me. Just wondering if I can ask your advice about a slightly different situation and if you were happy to answer on your podcast. I'm not sure if you've covered this in previous episodes, but I've been listening regularly for over a year now and I don't quite know how to handle this situation. There is a woman who works in a cafe who I'm quite attracted to. I could flirt with her and try to get her number, but she works with a male member of staff who I think may also be attracted to her. I guess I shouldn't really care what the other man thinks, but I don't want to create a situation where I'm flirting with the woman and her coworker is jealous. It would feel awkward, and I'm not experienced in competing directly with another guy for a woman's attraction. Just wondering if you have any thoughts about this. Kind regards, Lee. I have not directly, Lee, answered a question like this. So this, I think, is still pretty unique. 
and um, one I haven't had like a whole episode about. So this is a great question. What you're doing, Lee, is you are, it's funny, I was, I was just talking about this with a, with a client recently. You are trying to assume and solve problems before they happen. You, you have this guy who is into her, but you're not even sure. You said, quote, she works with a male member of staff who I think, I think may also be attracted to her. Yeah, let me tell you, I bet you there's a lot of guys who come in and are attracted to her. So let me tell you something. I don't, I don't know if this guy's attracted to her or not, but you shouldn't care. You even said that. I guess I shouldn't really care about what the other man thinks. That's just the bottom line. So you're going about life with all these assumptions, which is stopping you from having the life you want. Can you imagine if we just listened to all of our assumptions and never took action? You don't know. I don't know. What if if this guy is not into her and now you're you're missing a shot? Okay, so what if he is into her? Well, you're going to teach him a lesson that he should have made a move. Or maybe he is into her and they're dating. And then, I don't know, she rejects you. She doesn't give you her number and, oh, well, so be it. But now you know. But awkward is only awkward if you feel that. Why are you assuming it's awkward? You're assuming again. You think it's going to be awkward. You're not 100%. You might feel awkward. But we have to push through that, okay? You're not necessarily competing. I don't know. I guess we live in this world where I guess we're always competing with everybody. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the truth. You're competing with every other single guy out there. That's one way to look at it. You know, it's funny. The fact that there's so much competition and almost all cancels each other out. It's like, okay, who cares? I mean, I don't know. Aren't we always, aren't we, isn't everyone in the world in some sort of competition? getting the job, making the money, doing the, you know, accomplishing whatever feat or goal. Hopefully, if anything, here's the real competition. It's not with other people. It's with yourself. The competition right now is with yourself. Is Are you going to let yourself not take action and feel awkward? Or are you going to beat that feeling and say, hey, even though I feel awkward, I'm going to take action anyways, because I don't want to assume and I don't, know, I don't know what's going on and may the best man win, so to speak. So Lee, those are my, my thoughts on that. I want you to take action and don't assume. Don't try to solve any problem before it happens. Just go. This is what I try to teach you guys all the time on this podcast. Get out of your head. Get out of your head and just take action. If you could crawl inside of your brain and take out all those moments of assumption making and hesitancy and, you know, just stopping yourself from doing things that you want to do. Can you imagine where you'd be now? Life is all about conquering your limiting beliefs. I still have limiting beliefs, but the difference between old trip with limiting beliefs and today trip with limiting beliefs is I know how to recognize them fast and then overcome them. The mind is a very powerful thing, Lee. So let's try to not let it take over. Competition is only between you and yourself and I would 100% ask her out. Great question. All right, here's a, a shorter one. From Andy, hi Trip. I had a few questions about non-selfie photos for dating apps. Would you recommend I delete the photos of my nieces and I off the dating apps? I also train in martial arts and have a couple photos of me wearing a, a gi with a friend or instructor. Are, they, are these not good photos to have uploaded? Thanks again for one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Andy. Cool, Andy. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, so definitely don't do not do any... Yeah, okay, non-selfie. Well, first of all, you don't want any selfie photos. So every photo on your dating app should be non-selfie 
Why? Because when you take a selfie, you're not always getting the best angle of yourself. So you want someone else to take the picture. Now, the photos with your nieces, here's the thing. There's pros and cons, and the cons, I believe, outweigh the pros. The pro is very small. It's like, oh, you're good with children, and it's cute. Look, a man with with his nieces and nephews, and isn't that nice? Wow, this guy could be a dad, a provider. You know, there is something inherently attractive about that. However, what is the first thing that she's going to think? She's going to think, is that his kids? Right? Are those his kids? She's going to be asking herself within the few seconds that she has to go through your dating profile with all these guys who are messaging her on the dating app, swiping yes, DMing her, texting her. So we don't want any second wasted. Even though you're, I know I get it. Everyone I tell this to, they go, no, you don't trip. I got a caption. The caption says my nieces. In the bio, I say, don't worry, that's my nieces. But you know what happens when you're going through the dating apps and you see a girl with a kid. You do ask yourself every time, is that her kid? Doesn't look like it. Not sure. Well, it's different if you do it. You know, I mean, I would tell a woman also, if I was a dating coach for women, I'd say also not to do it. But women have a lot more people banging on their door. So that means that they're spending less time looking through all these profiles. And it's just not what you want to do. Because imagine you put up the pictures of you and your nieces, and she decided not to read the caption or look at the bio. And she goes, oh, this guy has kids. And then boom, swipe left. And then you're done. All because of a photo that did not represent the truth about you and your situation. So there's my thoughts on that one. Uh, martial arts, great. Great. Yeah, you should have a passion photo for sure. You know, it'd be even better if you had a, a martial arts photo of yourself in action, just you. If that's possible, that would be even better. So for now, keep that one in there. The reason why I say just you is I do like it a lot better when you can have a photo that's not with other people because again, same thing with the nieces. She's going to take that extra second to figure out, wait, is that him? Which one is him? Is that him? Okay. I just want her to go through your profile and know exactly what's going on. It's so simple. She gets it right away. So that that she can go through and go, yep, I like this guy. And then boom, say yes. It's funny. This actually reminds me. I was watching a Mr. Beast video the other day where he was talking about thumbnails on a YouTube video. And this is kind of similar. His advice to YouTubers to make thumbnails for their videos are to make it really simple. So the second someone sees it, they understand exactly what's going on and have a full picture immediately because he knows that he's trying to get people's attention. If you don't know who Mr. Beast is, by the way, he's the number one YouTuber. He's got like, I don't even know at this point, over a hundred million subscribers. And so he's always creating thumbnails where people can understand them because he knows he's trying to get people's attention. That is the currency in today's age. We're doing the same thing with online dating. So that is my answer to you, Andy. I hope that that helps. Great question. All right, here's a longer one from Victor. Hey, Trip. My name is Victor. I'm from Seattle. Love your podcast. Here's my question. For context, I have been with my girlfriend for almost two years. We don't live together yet. I feel like two years is the common theme of today's questions. Okay. He says, I've noticed that my girlfriend rarely seems to show any any interest in my life. Even though I show a lot of interest in hers, I always ask her how her day was at work and ask other questions about her life. I comment a lot on what she shares and make an effort to be a good listener when she talks, but she never asks anything back. If we meet up after work, for example, she will talk about her day, let her vent about coworkers, etc. And that's the end of the conversation. She'll never ask, and how is your day? She works a boring office job and does the same thing every day. 
I work as a firefighter slash EMT. I go to multiple 911 calls every day. I believe I have one of the most interesting and fun jobs on the planet. And it's honestly shocking to me that she isn't even curious about how my day at work was. One time I was driving the fire truck with lights and sirens and our bumper fell off in the middle of the highway and almost caused an accident. I texted her what happened because it was a crazy and scary situation. And all she replied was, all she replied with was, oh God, literally two words and nothing else. But if she is talking about herself, she will send me paragraphs full of emojis. I recently went on a week-long trip to see some family in Australia, and while I was there, she would text me updates of what she was up to back home or random photos of her dog, but never bothered to ask me how my trip was going. However, in certain circumstances, she seems to really care about me. Last time I was sick, she drove to my house and brought me my favorite soup from my favorite restaurant, medicine, and a crossword puzzle book, which she knows I love. She buys me little gifts here and there. She will give me a back massage if I'm sore. It's very confusing. In some aspects of a relationship, I feel like she really cares about me. In others, I feel like she couldn't care less. I want to bring this up because it genuinely upsets me, but I also don't want to seem needy or insecure. I know that being too vulnerable is unattractive. Am I being unreasonable? Is it needy slash insecure to tell my girlfriend I feel like she doesn't show enough interest in my life? Next time this happens, I was thinking about saying something like, Hey, well, my day was great as well. Thanks for asking in a joking, sarcastic way. And maybe she would take the hint. Would love to hear your thoughts, Victor. Victor, what an amazing question. I really love these ones about relationships. Um, I know this is a dating advice podcast, but I, I know a lot about relationships as I'm in one right now and have been in many and it can help you guys out. So anyone who listens to this who's in a relationship, do not hesitate to ask your relationship questions. I consider myself an expert in this arena as well. Okay, to answer your question, first of all, this is a great question because I would imagine in a lot of relationships, and I've been in through situations like this too, where you're like, wait a minute. Ah, oh, God, I want to say something. Is this needy? But I have boundaries and I have things that I need. So where do we cross? Where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? Okay, first off, do not do the passive aggressive approach. You said to say like, hey, well, my day was great as well. Thanks for asking in a joking and sarcastic way. No, don't do that. That is going to look weak and that is going to look needy. There is a way to communicate things that you need in a relationship that won't be needy, but more stating what you, that's funny, I'm saying the same word, what you need in a relationship and what's going to be good for a relationship. Because think about it. You can't let, I'm not saying she's walking all over you. I'm going to the extreme here, but you can't let any woman walk all over you and then just be like, oh, wait, I can't say anything. If I just, I just can't say anything because I know Trip said and other gurus have said like, don't be vulnerable, don't be needy. Well, right, but not if you're not getting what you, what you need in a relationship. You know, needy, actual neediness is being over needy where you're, being vulnerable all the time where you're needing someone's attention all the time where nothing is good enough for you. Think about that. Think about someone who's needy. Imagine you're in a relationship and a girl is needy. Picture what that looks like. It's like a girl who needs so much that she can almost never be satisfied. A girl who's needy is, or a person even who's needy is somewhat insatiable. Okay. So in this case, it, it, this is an, an interesting case because I didn't know you were going to get to the point where you said there's all these things that she does where she shows she really cares about you. You know what you're talking about here? This is plain and simple. The five love languages. This is what it seems like to me. Okay. So what are the five love languages? I talked about this in the podcast before. These are the five ways people feel and receive love. And you're talking about a lot of them. There's quality time, there's touch, there's words of affirmation, there's acts of service, and then there's gifts. So it's interesting. You're getting some acts of service or even getting some gifts from her. So you're getting those, but you're still not getting what it seems like you need. So where would this fall? What love language is lacking here 
And it's probably something like words of affirmation slash quality time. It seems like the quality time you're having is really all about her. And words of affirmation, probably more so in that camp. She's not asking you about you. She's not showing any kind of care for you. You know, she says, oh God, for example. So that's what it seems to be. So there's a few ways to go about this. Now, you've been in a relationship with her for two years. That's a, that's a long time. I mean, at that point, a lot of people are starting to think about, am I going to propose to this person one day? Do I want to live with this person one day? So, okay, I mean, yeah, it, okay, it is complicated. That's why I'm glad you asked this question because there's kind of some levels here. One thing that is very important is it sounds like she is giving you some things but not giving you others. I still would try to take a moment and think about if she is someone who's narcissistic. Does she have any sort of narcissism? And I am, I'm kind of throwing around that word. That's a, that is a word that is like a trending word these days. People just throw it out there and really it's a, it's a specific personality disorder and, and the jargon of, of, you know, psychological disorders, but you know, who knows? She could actually potentially have that. It seems like a lot of things are about her. So this is a yellow flag. This is something to really think about. Does that mean you have to break up with her? No, because it's a yellow flag. So I just wanted to throw that out there so you understand, Victor, that I wonder if this is going to be a problem. I wonder even if you were to bring something up with her, things will get fixed. But guess what? We don't assume. Remember what I said a couple of questions ago? We're not in the... in the place for assumptions. Now to answer your question, are you being unreasonable? No, you're not being unreasonable. This is something you can bring up to her. This is something you should bring up to her. It's important to you. And there is a graceful way to bring it up. Not the joking, sarcastic way. That will look weak. More in the assertive. These are my boundaries. This is what I need in a relationship. And I'm going to bring it up to you in a mature, calm manner that says what I need. And I'm not going to start a fight with you because if you kind of start going in and attacking her, and I bet that, you know, it seems like you're frustrated as all hell. You could just, you know, explode on her and just be like, wow, you know, you never do this. You never do this. And blah, 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 blah. It's, it's building up. So we want to take care of this sooner than later. And if you do it in the correct way, like I'm saying, it's not needy. Here's a few different options for you. One, you could sit her down and ask her, have you ever heard of the five love languages? So when you guys are on a date or you're hanging out on the couch, whatever, and she'll, whether she knows or not, if she doesn't, you'll go through it, you'll talk about it, and you'll say, I'm curious, what are your love languages? And you can explain it to her, you can learn it. By the way, you can just Google this and you can do a five minute read and you'll be an expert on love languages. It's not difficult. So you'll learn them. You'll bring them to her, ask her what they are. This is going to be great because you're going to learn a lot about her. And then you're going to tell her the ones that you, that are yours. Now here's where there's a couple different variations of this. I'll let you decide. Gonna, gonna let you choose your own adventure here. You could just tell her your love languages. You could tell her literally what you like. So yeah, like I think I'm a combination of words of affirmation slash quality time. And you can literally tell her, I really like when we're talking and you ask how my day is. I really like that. And it's funny because I know she's probably never done that, but we're going in soft. We're giving her a shot here. She, no, you never know. She might even point herself out and say, oh, I don't, I feel like, oh man, do I do that enough? And then you can say to her, honestly, say, yeah, to be honest, I would like it more. See the language there. You're not saying, no, you don't do it enough. You're saying, I would like it more. I don't know, guys, what do you think? Does that sound needy to you saying something like that? Does that sound beta? I mean, I don't think so. It's saying what you need in a relationship. This is what you need. This is fine. This is what relationships are all about. So you could say that. That's one 
idea is maybe you go down that route. You know, you never know. She might not bring that up. She might not have any awareness to it. So it might not go that, that route. And so you'll have to just talk about what you want, talk about your love languages and see if she changes and see if there's changes being made. And you go a couple weeks, maybe a month and see what happens. And if she does it, great. And solve, problem solved. And if she doesn't, Victor, then you might want to bring it up to her again and say, hey, remember that conversation we had like a month ago about love languages? I feel, no, don't say I feel. Um, say I'm seeing that, or no, don't say that either. I'm, I'm working this out in real time. You can say to her that you, you've noticed that she still hasn't really, you know, executed, for lack of a better word, it sounds so formal. Um, she hasn't executed or really done any, any of the love languages. And now you're having a conversation about it again. Okay, this is all one route. Another route is you can just be more upfront and you can say to her, when you're talking about the love languages, you can say, without her even asking, yeah, you know, I've been thinking more about love languages and about what's important to me. And you can say, I've noticed that I'm needing, don't say you are doing this because that put that puts blame in, on others. And then it causes other people to be defensive and it doesn't cause, it doesn't create a really, a really constructive conversation. So you might say, I'm noticing that I'm not getting my love languages met and I think the better way for me to get that met is for blank, 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 and you fill in the blank. That's one, that's another route you can go down. Another route you could go down is you could skip all the love languages stuff and you can be super upfront and you can just be direct. I'm letting you choose your own adventure here because I think there's different ways to go about this. I don't know the dynamics of your relationship of how you guys have handled conversations in the past or fights in the past. You're going to know better. You know, you might be asking me what well, trip, if you had to say which one would be the best, I don't, I don't know. It really depends on the nature of your relationship. But the, the more assertive, most direct way is you sit her down and you say, Hey, you know, and by the way, do this if you can, if it's, if it makes sense at a time where, you know, you're not super stressed and she's not super stressed and about work or, or the day and it's just going to be a, a not a productive conversation because there's all these other emotions in play. So if you can, which is going to be the hardest part, you know, at a time when you guys are, you know, there's times in a relationship you're doing really well, you're super happy and you're like, oh, this is the last time I want to have, this is the last time I would ever want to have one of these important conversations. You don't want to ruin the moment, but hey, you don't have to, Victor, and then you're just going to keep on building resentment. So you can sit her down and you can say, hey, um, this is called, this is a, a technique called the Oreo cookie, where you say something really positive, then you say the, you know, constructive feedback, and then you say something positive again. So you can make this whatever you want. I'm just riffing right now. You could say, hey, you know what? I want to, I want to let you know, I, I really, you know, love whatever about our relationship. Things are going great. Um, again, I'm riffing here. This is going to be very personal to you and your relationship. What do you like about her? What do you like about what she does? So, you know, the other day, remember that time I was sick and you drove to my house, you brought me my favorite soup, my, you know, from my favorite restaurant and the medicine and the crossword puzzle. I just want to let you know that was super cool. I absolutely love that. Like that day I felt just really important to you. She'll be like, oh my God, that was great. So that's the kind of positive part. Then you can go in, you know, there is, I just want to let you know, because I want to be open. This is a really cool line to say, because I want our relationship to always have open communication. I also want to be able to tell you the times when I feel like I'm not as important to you. Ooh, that was good. I think that was actually really good. In fact, maybe this is the route you go. I know a second ago, I just said, it's going to be up to you, but maybe this is going to be the better route to go. It's your call. But um, yeah, then you say, you know, there's there's other times you can say recently where I haven't felt as important and it feels like the relationship can be a little one-sided. She'll be like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Where, when? So yeah, you know, when we sit down to talk, you don't really ask about what's going on in my life. And 
I do that a lot for you and I want to, I want to hear about what's going on in your life, but you don't seem to have much interest in that. And then here's where you got to get creative again, because then afterwards you want to say something positive. Again, this is what that's called the Oreo cookie technique. I didn't make this up. This is a technique in having difficult conversations. So then you say, but I just want to say before we even dive into this, I just, I feel, I love how I can feel super comfortable bringing this up to you. You can say something like that. And then we see how she responds. And this, by the way, guys, this is why it's actually important to state what you need and state your boundaries. You know why? Because then you start to see how they respond and how they respond is going to tell you a lot about who they are. I've been in relationships before where I've had these uncomfortable conversations and I get gaslighted. I've had that gaslighted when that means that they get super defensive and then they make me feel bad for even bringing it up. That is not good. And people can do that sometimes in relationships. So imagine, you know, maybe she has a bad reaction. She goes, what, what are you talking about? And that's not true. I never do that. How could you even say that? Oh my God, I can't believe you could ever say that about me. That's terrible. And now she starts crying and you're starting to console her. And now you feel insane because you're like, wait, why am I consoling her? I'm the one who brought up the issue that I had. Now I'm not saying she's going to do this, but this can happen. It's going to tell you a lot about her. We'll see. She will probably get a little bit defensive. Like, or maybe she'll be like, wait, wow, I had no idea. And this is a good time where you're going to keep your calm and not be, you're not going to attack her where you double down and you go, yeah, well, you do it a lot and it really hurts and it gets me really pissed off. But you can still be honest and say, yeah, it, it's happened um, quite a bit. And I'll be honest, it's, it's, not the, it's not the best for me. I leave you with that, Victor. I don't know where that's going to go but you're going to see how she's going to react and you're going to see what's going on. You know, I don't want to bring this to uh, a dark place, Victor, but I don't know. Maybe you do this. She doesn't fix it. She is some sort of narcissist or she's just really into herself. And, you know, this could be potentially a red flag and it's not someone who you might want to be with long-term. Good thing you're not living with her. We don't know. So it's really something for you to assess. And I think that, or I should say, I I know that if you bring this up to her, you're going to get a good sense of who this person is going to be when there's going to be other shit that hits the fan that's inevitably going to happen because that's what happens in relationships. And you're going to have tough conversations. So yeah, I think that's a good place to, to end there. Victor, Andy, Lee, Art, Aaron, Anonymous, you guys are awesome. Thanks for, for writing in. And they were really great questions and, and they, they definitely make me think a lot and they, they, you know, they're interesting. I enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope everyone who's listening is getting some, some good tips here for future relationships. And of course, future dating scenarios. If you need help, go to tripadvice.com. Or I should say, there's a couple places you can go. TripAdvicecoaching.com, where we can coach you. You get a one-on-one coach that works with you virtually. Or TripAdvice.com slash live training, where we have our boot camps that we're doing all across America. Get more info there. Book a call with us. We'll chat with you. We'll tell you what it's all about. Thank you so much again for writing in. You can write in your questions to me, trip at tripadvice.com. And I will see you on the next episode.